What's the S stand for? It's not an S. On my world, it means hope. Well, here it's an S. How about... Welcome to Am Why Not, the movie podcast and the nerds who haunted themselves. I'm Stuart Moraine and I'm a Superman fan. Which is lucky, as for this year's summer specials, we're taking a look at the cinematic adventures of the Man of Tomorrow. From 1978's Superman the Movie to 2013's Man of Steel. With a stop-off in 1993 for the Lois and Clark pilot along the way too. There are some super anniversaries to celebrate this year, with Superman himself turning 85, Superman the Movie celebrating its 45th anniversary, Superman 3 its 40th, the Lois and Clark pilot its 30th, Man of Steel hitting its 10th anniversary too. So 2023 seemed like the right year to welcome you to the Summer of Superman specials. Whether you're a regular listener or just dropping by for these special episodes, welcome to the show and thank you for giving us a listen. I hope you enjoy the film talk and, as always, and if you feel like doing so, you can keep the conversation going in the comments on our socials, in the Am Why Not group over on Facebook, or wherever you see this episode posted. For this episode, I'm joined by returning guests Damien Edwardson and Dennis Whittle, as we bring the Summer of Superman to a close with Zack Snyder's 2013 film, Man of Steel. And now with an advanced warning on spoilers and all that introduction stuff out of the way, let's roll the trailer. Goodbye, my son. My hopes and dreams travel with you. He'll be an outcast. I'll kill him. How? He'll be a god to them. child dreamed of becoming something other than what society had intended? What if a child aspired to something greater? My son was in the bus. He saw what Clark did. You're the answer, son. You're the answer to are we alone in the universe? Can I just keep pretending I'm your son? You are my son. And I have to believe that you were sent here for a reason. And even if it takes the rest of your life, you owe it to yourself to find out what that reason is. How do you find someone who has spent a lifetime covering his tracks? For some, he was a guardian angel. For others, a ghost who never quite fit in. You will give the people of Earth an ideal to strive towards. They'll 
race behind you. They will stumble. They will fall. But in time, they will join you in the sun. In time, you will help them accomplish wonders. Your son is safe. I will find him! My father believed if the world found out who I really was, they'd reject me. He was convinced that the world wasn't ready. What do you think? What's the S stand for? It's not an S. On my world, it means hope. Well, here it is. An S. How about... Excuse me. Hello, gentlemen. How are you? Hello. I am fine, thank you, sir. Excellent. I thought Excellent. Ben was in an alternate reality then. It took a while. Oh. Yeah, well, he's in the Phantom Zone. <laughs> he is. We've used the power of dubstep to send him there. <laughs> it was the preamble talk that sent him, <laughs> banished him into another time and space. Yeah, it was. But, but you yeah, know, um, yeah, thank you for coming back on to uh, round out this Superman season with Man of Steel. How are you both? How's your life? Well done, on. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's great over here. It's sunny, sunny <laughs> Wigan. We've had sun, rain. Um, I apologise for the rain. It's because we finally bought a new paddling pool and filled it up. Yeah, I'm. I'm on a. Um, I'm buying lots of film adaptation uh, novelizations from the 80s and stuff. So, oh, cool! I'm enjoying that at the moment. I'm on uh, Back to the Future three, so I've worked my way through the Back to the Future. Worked me through way through Star Wars. I've got Batman and Batman Returns novels sitting there. Got the making of Superman coming. Life according to Garp turned up today. So yeah. I got All the good. Superman 3 one a little while ago. It was mentioned on the All-Star Superman podcast. And I was like, ooh, I might get that. I've yeah. tried reading it. I just still on the first Living the scene. dream. <laughs> Living the dream. He's but... buying an obscene amount of action figures. I've been doing that as well. I mean, just, like, I'm building up me, I'm, I'm building my Star Wars collection back up. I'm kind of selling quite a lot of my comics off, apart from Superman. Um, and action comics and stuff, and, and using that to, to action figures. Well, that's cool. I'm a big fan of action figures. Anyway, speaking of Man of Steel, so a little bit of inf- we're talking about Man of Steel, obviously, as I said before. So a little bit of information about the film, uh, directed by Zack Snyder, written by David S. Goyer, story by David S. Goyer and Christopher Nolan, Superman created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. Uh, starring Henry Cavill, Amy Adams, Michael Shannon, Kevin Costner, Diane Lane, Lawrence Fishburne, Russell Crowe. Uh, released in cinemas on the 14th of June 2013 in the US and the 14th of June 2013 in the UK. We got day and date, same. Uh, grossed $668,045,504 worldwide on an estimated budget of $225 million, according to the numbers.com. And Mark Commode reviewed the film on the BBC Radio 5 Live film programme, saying... 
all the interesting stuff in the film is the stuff which is flagged up in that quite charismatic, quite enig- enigmatic trailer with the little kid putting the cape on and running between the clotheslines and Kevin Costner's character sort of looking at him. All that stuff is in is the interesting part of the film and the film that I really wanted. The least interesting stuff is the flying, the crashing and the banging. I think his whole point with that was a film called Man of Steel you'd think would be about the man. Obviously, no Siskel and Ebert review and no Barry Norman review. But yes, yeah, so sort of 10 years ago, it came out just over 10 years to the date, actually, by the uh, while we're recording this. So what are your memories of first seeing it? I know this is going to be easier for you, Damien, because it was like yesterday. Uh, I think that's a bit unfair, Stuart. It was Sorry, it was Sunday. Three, it was actually three days ago. <laughs> I don't know why I never watched it. Um, mind you, I don't watch a lot of superhero stuff when it comes out now, because I find it a bit, eh. You know, and then I'll catch it later on when I'm in a different mood. Um, but yeah, I, I I watched it at the weekend. I won't go into my feelings about it just yet because I'm sure no. I'll come on to that. But well, was, yeah, because one was... of the reasons I brought in you guys is because you'd be watching it for the first time. I mm-hmm. hated it when I first saw it at the cinema. It's pretty much well known for anybody who's known me for a while. And then you said you liked it. Yeah, yeah, I saw it when it the day it came out. See, I didn't. I was waiting for the bastard to go to a three D, uh, to a two D screening because I wasn't paying three. Was it three D? Was it? It was three D. Yeah, our local uh, cinema was only doing it for three D for the first week or two. That would have been annoying. Yeah. Why well, wear glasses to put three D glasses on top of glasses? It's not cool. But sorry, Den. So anyway, yeah, you saw it. Day it came out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was excited to see a Superman movie. I thought the the the, the pictures of kind of Henry beforehand in the trailer, he looked like he stepped off out of the pages. He looked good, you know, big, muscular, very handsome chap. He Makes me cake. question my life choices. Um but no, I was excited to see it and I didn't hate it when I saw it. Well I mean a lot of people didn't hate it to be fair. <laughs> there there I, are I, I, you know what? I liked it. Watching it again and again and again. There are certain things that do great on me a little bit. We'll probably get into them later, but I'm just grateful there's a Superman movie, another one. You know, I'm just grateful there's something because I'm a huge Superman fan. And the things that great on me, I think is down to the decisions for the writer and the director who don't really know who Superman is. So Yeah. Um, for me, I always... I've really grown to like Superman Returns and sort of when they announced Man of Steel I felt quite bad for Brandon Rice because even though I wasn't a massive fan of Superman Returns then I thought he had potential if they could have like severed him from being tied to just doing an imitation of Christopher Reeve and let him sort of do his own thing which he went on to do on TV with the Kingdom Come version of Superman and was superb um, so I sort of felt bad for him and that and I didn't like the new suit I didn't sort of like the direction in which we're going in. And then I saw a panel, must have been at one of the Comic-Cons, that was Zack Snyder and Henry Cavill, and they were both talking about Superman. I was like, actually, it sounds like they get it. I'm quite excited about it. And that trailer with Jonathan Kent, where he delivers the line, you are my son. The first time I've nearly cried at a trailer. I was like, Jesus. And that bit still gets me in the film. And then I watched the film. My kids bought me the Man of Steel t-shirt for Father's Day that year. So like, he's really excited for this film. And then I came out and it was like, oh no, it's rubbish. And my wife was like, we didn't know you were going to hate it, but you got to have the t-shirt, mate. 
but yeah and then i watched it when it came out on blu-ray in two sittings and then i didn't watch it again until today and i'm a bit warmer on it now but yeah i'm not sure but this i don't know it's not my superman like i've said before for the people who love it who like you know this got them into superman that is awesome and mm. even if it didn't get him into Superman, that's awesome that there are people that love this and this is their definitive version of Superman. Cool. Mm. Awesome. Not every version of Superman has to be for me. It's like not every version of Batman has to be for me or whatever. It's, you know, I've still got the Superman I love and that's absolutely fine. And like Den said, it's just amazing to have a Superman film on the big screen. Yeah. Because let's face it, he's been pretty poorly underrepresented considering he's like the daddy of superheroes. Might not be the most popular, but he was there at the beginning. Mm. Mm. Um, and yeah, I mean, there was a cult of Snyder that developed around it, which sort of really put me off rewatching it as well. I will freely admit, it was it was bizarre. But we were talking about that before, weren't we? About toxicity of fandom, both positively and negatively. It happens with everything now. Yeah. You can't enjoy anything without somebody, you know, ruining it one way yeah. or another. I, just, I think Snyder's an example of that. I don't I don't mind Snyder's stuff because you know you have to accept you know what you're gonna get. You're gonna get lots of crashing and banging and set pieces and you know and somewhat clunky feeds from one scenario to another to move the story along. But if you just want an action film where there's lots of crashing and banging and fighting and you know, some excitement. And a bit of darkness thrown in, you're gonna get it. Yeah, you know, I, I think got the, a recipe. Yeah, like, I think the problem with Snyder is that he's fine at what he does, but he's just fine. But he fans sort of you know, you know the hysteria around him. Yeah, um, yeah. He's, he's, I, I mean, no particular thing for him. I mean, I don't really know much about him, and you know, other than but no, I'm sure he's a lovely guy. Stuff, but the the hatred towards some of the stuff he's done, I've watched it and thought, oh, that fucking bad. You know, my problem with worse. most of it isn't worth hating. Uh, it's, it's, it's not worth worshiping. It's not worth hating. It's just no. fine. It's through a way, isn't no. it? It's proper kind of like bubblegum, mm. popcorn movie type stuff. I, yeah, I like the fact that we get a Superman here who has a fight as well, because he doesn't really. We've not really seen him do anything like that. You know, I I'm like used to. I'm I like. Brendan Ralph thought it was very good and you know it, it's kind of a little bit he should have been given more of a chance I think um, but again if, if he's seen he's in he owns it as Superman Yeah, I think Henry does a very similar job now I think he, he's grown into the role because I think he was a little mm. bit wooden Yeah, um, within was, Man of Steel I made a note that there's moments in this where he flashes from like really great little micro acting to mm. being wooden as woodiest yeah. forest you've ever mm. seen and I think he's more comfortable also with, with the development of kind of Superman not being Batman, you know, brooding and being angry mm. and this, that and the other and stuff. So like in the Justice League, the, the not the Snyder one, the other one, he's a little bit more, you know, upbeat. He's a yeah, little he looks bit like more he's kind of, with it. Yeah, he suits brighter and everything, but you know, it was never meant to be kind of like a um, start of a DC universe, was it, Man of Steel? It was kind of an afterthought after it did reasonably well that we're going to kind of incorporate. You know, we have a few Easter eggs, Batman, this, that, and the other. But it was never supposed to be this kind of 
massive Snyder verse thing that everybody seems to kind of get excited about. And I'm like, you again, I don't mind Snyder stuff. You know, I even like Sucker Punch. Everybody hates it. I don't mind it because it is what it is. You know, I like the set pieces. I like the, you know, I like Army of um, the Dead. I thought that was all right as well. Um, I just don't think, I don't think that is his, his version of Superman is Superman. Mm. I think there's elements there. I think, I think there are, you know, I, I like the kind of stuff between him and um, his dad in it. I think that's really nice. And the same as you, you know, you know, my son, you are my son, kind of thing, was taken straight out of the comic books. Um, and I like kind of the, the way the powers are explained a little bit in as well. Mm. I like Jarrell in it. I think I think Russell Crowe is great. I like, but it's very much when, when you look at Superman, uh, Chris Reeve, it's it's three movies that connect seamlessly, and it and it tells that story. Well, this one is, you seem to have a big sci-fi movie at the beginning, then you have this little kind of stuff he's not too sure about what's going on, and then you have this massive, you know, special effects smash up at the end where. In, in the original one, the the Christopher Reeve one, it, 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 it flows perfectly. Yeah. You know, one scene goes into the other, one segment yeah. goes into the other, where this is, it seems like different different sections and we're just going to stick them together. Just on that though, Ben, I, I found um, one of the things that, that I found interesting was that parallel between Superman 78 and this. Though in, in so much as if you, you know, when I rewatched Superman 78, First section is a sci-fi film. Second section is the the home on the farm, and the third section is the, is the you know, the superhero um, kind of superpowers and all the special effects stuff. And I thought it it was it was almost mimicking that that three act piece, but wasn't as good. And in so much as it concentrated too much, I think, on the crash boom bang bit and less on the middle bit, which actually is the strength of the original. Superman, I think that that bit in the middle we talked about last time is just it's a beautiful bit of filming, mm. and it's just even the way it's it's framed, and you know the way that, that the farms framed and stuff. But I didn't actually dislike this film at all, you know, because I'd read things where people hated it and people loved it, and I actually went into the just open-minded. Remember, getting old and soft, but I went in with a very open mind that you know I know what you're going to get with Snyder. Um, I really do like. Cavill as Superman. I, I think he's great. I think, yeah. and I do agree. I think he's got better as he's gone on. And, That's what really frustrated me. He's really sort of formed himself yeah. into the Superman that he wanted to be, and I wanted him to be. And they've gone off. You go. And the, the weird bit is though, the very last scene where he's Clark Kent and he comes into the Daily Planet. That's probably the the best he is, isn't it? Because he seems like he's just genuinely enjoying himself at that point and having fun with it, and he's really relaxed. And you just think, wow, if he'd have been a bit more, you know, because he is a bit stiff through it, but. I actually think I actually like him as the Superman. I think he's, he's he does he, he loves the job. characters, doesn't he? Yeah, you know, and, and, he... and he looks good. He looks he reminds yeah. me very much of um, me. You know, he looks good in a pair of tights. Yeah, I, I really like him and... as well as a person. He comes across really well. I was a bit anti him because I didn't like this, the Superman in this. Um, I mean, we'll get to my feelings towards the end of the film mm. and that as we get to towards the end of the film. He has a wonderful little bit of micro-acting when he finds out that his name's Cal and he just has a little smile on his face and you really mm. feel like everything's sort of starting to fall into place for him. Mm. And I wish there'd been more of that. As problematic as there is with some of the stuff, 
I think the core of this film, a bit like Mark Commode said, should have been Jonathan Kent and Clark Kent and that journey. Mm. I think they made a mistake killing Jonathan Kent off because for one, finally in a film, you could have had Jonathan Kent live to see him in adulthood. We'll get into the death in a bit because obviously that's a key talking point people like to fall down on either side on. I mean, they kind of do it with the flashback to him as a kid with the cape on and that's how Jonathan sees him as Superman. But I think if you were going to do Jonathan that way, where he's like, you know, doesn't know if you can trust the world, you know, who you really are kind of thing. Mm. It would have been nice to go take that as your arc through it. Jonathan going on that journey and seeing Clark become Superman, seeing him become the good man. He has that great thing about you're going to grow up to be a character. You need to decide whether you're going to be Mm. a good character or a bad character. All that stuff. That's great. And all I know is that you're going to change the world. And that should have been the heart of the film. And I suppose you'd lose some of the Jarrell stuff then because Jarrell kind of fills that Jonathan Kent void. See, I've got to say, I don't know, about, I don't know where you've fallen this then. <clears throat> I wasn't a big fan of the opening act. I, I, I found it a bit too... I like some of the, the contextual stuff they did around Zod and stuff like that. I thought that was that was good. And I, Michael Shannon thinks a great actor anyway. But I just found some of the, the action bits in it a bit off for, for Jor-El. I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I just kind of thought, I'm not sure about this now. You know, it's, it's, it's going around like putting people kung, super kung fu in everyone, isn't he? Yeah. And it's like, you know, this is the guy that was looking for peace and a way out and stuff. And I don't know, I, found, I just found that bit less enjoyable than probably the rest of the film, even the third act, which is a bit more repetitive in the crash boom bang through a building. But I just found that first bit a little bit off-putting, and that's the bit where I tuned out a little bit. But again, you look at the cast, fantastic cast. I mean, yeah. Jesus, you know, I, I mean, some of the people in there, you know, I mean, great, great actors all the way through, not just Cavill, but, you know, Russell Crowe, he does a good job. His voice is a bit weird, but, you know, he does a good job. And, and as I say, Shannon's great. Amy Adams, I think, is great. You know, uh, Michael Schiff, again, rate him. Great actor. So it's, it had a stellar cast in there. Um, I just think the first act was a bit clunky for me. They tried too hard on it a little bit. Yeah, it was kind um, of like, you know, a but, yes a yes album cover, but it's all brown. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I get it, because that's how he rolls. Do you know what I mean? So, again, I didn't, I didn't turn it off and go, oh, it's rubbish. I yeah, I mean, I don't like this version of Krypton or Kryptonians, I must admit. I know they tried to do something like it towards the end, before the New 52, didn't they, where you had their version of the mm. Clone Wars and all that stuff. Um, I do like that Lara seems to have more involvement in the rocket and sending Cal off. Whereas yeah. in, even, even in Burns 1 and Superman the movie, she either stands there holding the baby or, you know, demands that he doesn't sort of send it and has to be reasoned with kind of thing. And there's a little bit of that in this where she's like, now that he's here, mm. I can't send him away, which would be natural. Even if you knew that it was going to save your kid's life, you'd still have that moment of, I just can't let him go kind of thing. But I like that she has more agency in this. Yeah. It, yeah. it doesn't feel quite so much like, thank you very much, dear. Now off you pop. <laughs> Jor-El's working. Yeah, but to be fair though, if you pay him, you know, Brando, what you're paying him, let him do the work. That's what I'm well, saying. yeah, that was the yeah, thing with... Was it Tom Mankiewicz? Somebody said about, you know, um, oh, who was it who played Lara in that? The name's gone from my head. Susanna York, wasn't Susanna it? Susanna York, thank you. Um, yeah, I think she went up to him and went, um, 
how come Gerald gets to do all this stuff? Surely Lara should be doing something. It was like when Lara's getting 10 million. <laughs> <laughs> Lara gets to do stuff. And obviously she got more to do in Fair Superman enough. too. But yeah, no, I do like that what stuff. Is... And it's really heartbreaking that she dies alone. And I like the twist of Zod killing Jor-El. I mean, you know, from the original, again, because I, I very much approached this from an Elseworlds kind of take. Yeah. I was I was willing to accept everything. It's just like, okay, it's a different take, you know. They're not remaking Superman, as in it's not a take-for-take thing. I don't know. I mean, Dan, what what, what was your view on that first act? Do you, did, how did you take it, it? It's like I said, it doesn't feel like it's connected to the rest of the movie. Mm. I, I kind of like bits of it. I like some of the dialogue between Zod and, and Jarell in it. I think that's really cool. And the bit where they go into the Phantom Zone, and it's very similar to... The one he goes, you know, I, I will find your heirs and goes this, I will find yeah. your, you think you'll you think your son is safe. Yeah. And there's proper menace towards what you're saying. You know, I don't know why they're going to the Phantom Zone in big penises. I think that's a weird <laughs> design choice. Would, it's a bit weird. I, um, I can only imagine that somebody had actually taken their like sex toy to the office and they're like, What's that doing here? It's like, oh no, no, this is the design for the Kryptonian road. No, it's, it's it's not, it's not a vibrator. No, 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 no. It's not been in my ass. Honestly. I think that was the escape shaft, though. <laughs> and they pretty much do go to a giant of... butthole in the sky as well. Yeah. <laughs> you, you still have the arrogance of the other Kryptonians, you know, the 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 kind of, yeah. what do you call it, parliament or whatever, which I thought was quite good. But I, I didn't need him flying on some animal and swimming oh, no. and picking up this. And, I'm like, oh, what's this? Um, what? I quite, I quite you know, when you fire the ship away. And they got to shoot it, and you know, they someone comes out of the sky and blows up. Yeah, okay, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I think it's too long as well. I think it goes on, yeah. you know, but then it, it cuts to Cal being on this um, fishing boat. Yeah, and I love that scene. I love, I, love I, that, I like that. I thought the whole probably... thing, the yeah. fact he's still trying to hide, but he can't help himself. To, he has to. He's, he's not doing great though. You know. lets everybody see his face all the time. Well, it's like given, weird, though. Given, given yeah. what your dad does, like you know, we find out how Jonathan died and all that, and the reason why. And you're kind of like you're opening the door. It's like, all right, lads. <laughs> yeah, that's. But again, you know, it, I do like the fact that he's trying to save people because if you look at like the, through the comics, the Elseworld stuff, no matter where he lands or what he does, he mm. still finds. Mm to do good for people you know even in red sun and things like that when he's a weapon and you know he's still fine it's still ingrained in him what both his dads have kind of mm. tried to kind of make him into mm. whatever so i do like that but i think you know the bit where he lifts he you know obviously shirtless and that's his that's what he looks like he, he wouldn't let anyone cgi anything on it or, or do anything mm. he wanted to sh- kind of show that he was superman and i, I do like that scene i like the scene I do like quite a lot of the Smallville stuff. You know, I do. And I think if I if I had all those powers and I was being bullied, I would find it hard not to kind of yeah. do something about it. But it becomes problematic in the third act, all the stuff happens in the middle act for me. But I do, I, I don't mind. I don't mind that. But I don't mind him discovering himself. Um, I really like the, thing. I really like the flashback to him as a small child in class where he's, Visions coming in and his yeah, hearings yeah. coming in. It slightly disturbs me. The kids saying like, you know, that the Kents never let him play with other kids outside of school. Now I was like, that doesn't feel very Kents to me. But I, you know, that's no, that's the Kents they're going the, forward. Like, this yeah. it's, concentrate, you know, focus on my voice. That kind that's of a stuff. lovely little moment. Yeah, yeah. with him yeah. and Martha. 
and I and and the bit where when you know he takes him down to show him the ship and you know you're the answer son. You're the answer son. You're the answer to are we alone in the universe? I don't want to be. And I don't blame you, son. It'd be a huge burden for anyone to bear. But you're not just anyone, Clark. And I have to believe that you were... that you were sent here for a reason. All these changes that you're going through, one day... one day you're going to think of them as a blessing. And when that day comes, you're going to have to make a choice. A choice of whether to stand proud in front of the human race or not. Can I just keep pretending I'm your son? You are my son. But somewhere out there, you... You have another father, too, who gave you another name. And he sent you here for a reason, Clark. And even if it takes you the rest of your life, you owe it to yourself to find out what that reason is. I think that's really, and it's, mm. you know what you're going to get from Kevin Costner. And he does that. And he's, mm. it, his voice does, it's it does good. sound like it breaks, like he's going to cry. Yeah. Well, that's you know, what gets me son. when he says, You are my son. Because there yeah. is that break in the, You are. It's there. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, so I, I, Kevin Costner is the MVP of this film. I mean, I'm a Costner fan anyway. I've got no shame in that at all. Oh, I think, I think and, he, I think he, I think he's great. He was I think perfect he's one casting. of the better. Yeah. And the bit where he goes out, he's on the swing, and he goes, um, should I let him die? Maybe. See, you know. this is one of the controversial things that people latched onto, was, oh, Jonathan Kent says that he should, you know, Clark should have let a bus full of kids die. So he doesn't say that. He says maybe. And he also says it in a way of, like, of course you shouldn't, but maybe? And it's... Because he's trying to keep his secret. He's trying to keep him safe. Because, you know... Modern people, if, if you know, if he landed today, um, he'd be cut up by Tuesday, wouldn't he? By Wednesday, sorry, it's Tuesday, isn't it? You know, I mean, that, this, this kind is of... kind of the thing I have with this is that this is very much a fear of Superman movie, and I get that to a point, but I also think they are very heavy handed with that. And why I think you should have kept Jonathan alive, and that should have been the through line of the film. If you want to do a world afraid of Superman and it's embedded in you from your father who, I, again, I don't think this is as extreme as people make it out, but if you want that to be your thing of, you know, Jonathan Kent is scared that his son will be taken away and dissected in a lab or, you know, locked away somewhere and he'll never see him again, and he's just trying to protect him. I, it should have had the through line of Jonathan Kent gets to see him become Superman and become the good character and the beacon of hope. It's like the when the priest tells him about, you know, maybe you need to take a leap of faith. That should have been the Kent. It didn't need to be random pasta i think that should have been a jonathan or a martha yeah but i guess thinking about it though it's always been a pervading fear hasn't it with the kents that people will find out that he's different and what would that mean and because this is set you know obviously in a more contemporary sort of view than the 78 one the threat's higher now than it probably was back then because let's face it we're a disgrace of a, of a species for anything we don't understand or is different. You know, we treat people appallingly. And you could only imagine if you were a parent and you had a child that was different like that, you would probably stop him playing with other kids in case something came out. You would probably, you know, you would do the things that might not be, we wouldn't think would be in character, but it's that protectionism, isn't it? Yeah, that, no, I get that. You know, I, get, 
I always felt that the Kents, while they probably did have that fear, it's never massively developed. But it, again, it's not something you can quickly mm. develop in a two-hour movie either. The thing with the Kents was always that they were there to instill a goodness in him. Mm. And sort of by them hiding him away from people, making him an outcast, you know, making him live his life in fear, they're sort of not instilling that good character in him kind of thing. This, Like I say, this stuff Jonathan Kent says that is deeper than it actually seems on the surface level. And it's, it's very much him telling him, you know, this is your choice in life kind of thing. But again, if you think about 78, Jonathan Kent seems to have a much more clear idea about what Superman's purpose is. As yeah. in, you know, you he's kind of, you are going to, you know, you're basically going to save the world kind of thing. It doesn't sound as explicit, but that's the inference that you get from the interaction. Well, no, he says that he's he's there for a reason. He doesn't yeah. really specify whether but it's he, good or bad, but he, I think the Kents are good people. Yeah. And you don't get yeah. the feeling that the Kents, not that they're bad people, but that they're just not, but I don't know, it doesn't feel point, like they're instilling that goodness in him. But again, yeah. parents, nobody's perfect. The Kents have always yeah. kind of been perfect sort of parents, haven't they? But with this one, I kind of get the feeling that his dad isn't sure what his purpose is. Do you know what I mean? He, he isn't as clear that he's going to potentially do good. And I, I don't know, maybe there's a little bit of fear there as well, that they don't know what this what this kid can do. But I, I, going back to the point, you know, I thought Costum was brilliant in, in yeah. this role. I mean, he's not in it very long, but I thought he was great. I thought um, Diane Lane is, is always great as his mother I, I, I do like that relationship that they seem to have through this and subsequent films as well um those two are so good together played. they've got a completely separate movie together called let him go it's a really dark film but they're so good in it <laughs> right and and there's a great chemistry there and the, you know and you genuinely you know when he goes back um it's just it's a very touching kind of relationship but again great actors though isn't it yeah. you know i've seen some shite films with great actors in who've made it a, a decent film. This isn't a shite film by any way, but you know, yeah. No, I don't think good. it's a shite film. It's just not a film that I enjoy enough to go back to on a regular basis. Is if that I'm because watch you a love... Superman movie? It's not one I'm going to pick. It, is that because you love Superman though? So well, for possibly... me, I have this issue with Batman. I can't watch the Nolan Batman stuff because I just find it tedious. And yeah. too no, dark and boring, and you know, and that's that's be just because Batman speaks to me superman does as well to a degree on a different level than a lot of characters but you know i, I have a favorite and um it's a, it's a tricky one isn't it because it's all personal isn't it it's, it's all what it's, you, you take it's, from it it's better than superman three and four it's a better film i think i enjoy superman three and four more at least superman four than an hour and a half long. oh dear you, sir <laughs> if richard Pryor had been in this it would have been an academy award winner uh, absolutely uh, don't get me superman wrong 4, I, like give you. I like superman three superman four is just a waste of time but i do think it's about a movie and i do think it is trying to update the law like you know with birthright with mark wade wasn't it he did um birthright i think a lot of the bits have been taken from that because in in that in in that book the 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 kents aren't perfect and they're worried about everything else and basically say go away find yourself and come back and decide what you want to do i think this is what he does this with Snyder though is that he's very good at taking panels or little bits from comics and not putting enough of that subtext into it. And I know it's not totally Snyder either because David Goyer had a lot to do with this as well because obviously he wrote the script and the story. And it always put me on edge when they were like, "We're gonna do Superman if it was a realistic, grounded, down to earth version." It's like, no, that's 
No, instantly. <laughs> it's, 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 it's Nolan as well, isn't it? He wants, he, you know, he needs to make his mind up like the Batman movies. Oh, they're gonna, they're gonna be set in reality, really? You know, like, you're well, gonna yeah. have a, you know, He'd be dead on his first night. Yeah. You just can't. That's not it doesn't work for Superman for me. I think a bit like Damien said is that while they were trying to do so much different, they again felt so tied to that structure of the Donna one mm. that it didn't it needed to break away from that a bit more like I say I think that's why it would have been more interesting to have the Jonathan Kent through line it's something we've not seen in a film mm. so have a Kents that are like this could all go horribly wrong for him and then get him to see that moment I mean the way they get around it is that you get the flashback and that's meant to be your payoff for that but it's not as satisfying as talking about the Kent thing then if we talk about Jonathan's demise what would you guys stand on it i think it's a bit silly him dying of a heart attack is clean yeah i think clark could have saved him and got him back with anyone knew they were missing beyond that clark could have got the dog jonathan didn't need to go and get the dog there was no hiding clark's powers by clark going and getting the dog it's your 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 son going because he's younger and fitter than you i get as a parent not wanting to put your son in danger it's such a contrived death scene they're having that argument about who he is and they kind of die he dies on on an argument without, without resolving it, and that I think that was a missed opportunity. Could have played with that a little bit more as well, and they didn't. It was just like we're arguing. He's dead. Move on. Um, so again, I, I agree with that, Dan. but I also think that, and again, maybe it's just me, uh, but I thought that theme of sacrifice that we talked about in the first one, which is the whole film is about sacrifice, isn't it? Seventy eight. When you look at it, you know they sacrifice him as a baby, you know, it's like all the rest of it all the way through, and I just think that. That scene was, I thought it was clever in the way that that he just puts his hand up to stop him coming out to save him. And it's because he's got to protect his identity, you know. And I don't know, I kind of quite liked it. I thought it was a bit, it was a bit schmaltzy, but I did actually, I didn't hate it as much as I'd read people were just up in arms about it. I just thought it's, it's, there's something quite emotional in that scene that i get again it's it's cosner isn't it you know that's he kind of sells it i just don't think it's a very i don't think it's a very well executed scene Do you know i think it was then i think it's the cgi bit that lets it down in all honesty i think I, it, it, yeah you know it just seems a bit overly you know it goes to dust kind of thing and it's like i, I think it's me, just it a just contrived plot point Especially as yeah. half of Smallville seems to know that Clark's got powers anyway because of the bus incident and everything else. You very much get the impression that everybody knows he's Superman when he turns up as Superman in Smallville kind of thing. So you kind of got to be wondering, like, all these people at Smallville are like, dude, we know you've got powers. Why haven't you saved your dad? I just think they could have done... If they wanted to do Jonathan Kent dying like that, there was a better way they could have done it. Like I say, the whole point in Superman the movie is all these powers and I couldn't save it. Whereas in this, he could have saved him. And I know he has that line about, you know, I trusted my father and I let my father die because I trusted him kind of thing. And it's just to give him an angst that Superman shouldn't have. I mean, I'm very much a Byrne, Lois and Clark guy, so I'm a big proponent of the Kent should be alive anyway. I think that it's much more interesting the Kent's being alive, but I do understand from the point of view of a film, killing Jonathan Kent off. Like saying, it's Superman a motivational movie, thing, isn't it? It's like, yeah. it's like, frid- it's like Phrygian would say with, with women in films. It's a certain, some it sort is, of but thing. It's, not, it's, just a it's, kind of... it's something he couldn't control. And I know there's people that are like, oh, it's a tornado act of nature. He can't control acts of nature. It's like, well, he's, you know, we've seen enough Superman where he's barreled down into a tornado and stopped it. Or... Oh. Don't you think as well, though, that it was the fact that he had that ultimate respect for his dad, that when his dad says no, he knows that he shouldn't, as much as you might want yeah. to. Sometimes 
you know again i think it i i agree i agree with you and i think that there are if you watch there are bits you can take out of it i just think it's poorly executed yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Um, it could have been done better. It's, it's, it's poorly idea. manufactured emotion. Yeah, the I think the dialogue it. isn't great. You know, when he's under there and run after, and he's helping. I think you know that's a bit dodgy. And CGI isn't great, but it does move you to the next thing. You know, and yeah. and what you what you see is 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 Clark going from one job to the next, trying to, but everywhere he goes, he tends to be helping people. I love the scene in the cafe. I think it's great. You know, yeah, where he gets up and yeah. put he gets up and pushes him and doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> He's like, yeah. okay, I'm not too keen on the the the, the vehicle being because his livelihood. That Superman Clark has just destroyed that guy's job. Done. Yeah, because um, I know but, a lot of people compare that to the diner scene in Superman Two, which again, that diner scene in Superman Two is problematic. But as a kid who was bullied, it's wonderfully satisfying to like see a bully get his come up and kind of thing. I just think they take it too far in this one. Yeah, and I do like the way he kind of looks and looks at him, and and the the, the waitress comes over and like says he's he's not worth it kind of thing. He just fine walks out and goes. So I kind of like that, and I I do I, you know like I said I like the oil rig, and you know I kind of yeah, I like I the Clark bits, and I'll be honest, I, I you know I like the Fortress of Solitude bits with with Russell Crowe because those are all the lines that kind seek. of yeah. Um, explaining the history of Krypton, explaining his name and, you know, the suit reveal and things and all, all that kind of stuff. I really enjoy it. Why didn't you come with me? We couldn't tell. No matter how much we wanted to. No matter how much we loved you. Your mother, Lara, and I were a product of the failures of our world as much as so it was. Tied to its fate. So I'm alone. No. You're as much a child of Earth now as you are of Krypton. You can embody the best of both worlds. The dream your mother and I dedicated our lives to preserve. The people of Earth are different from us, it's true. But ultimately, I believe that's a good thing. They won't necessarily make the same mistakes we did. Not if you guide them, Cal. Not if you give them hope. That's what this symbol means. The symbol of the House of El means hope. Embodied within that hope is the fundamental belief in the potential of every person to be a force for good. That's what you can bring them. I didn't enjoy Lois Lane climbing into the... Um... Force of solitude, and then when he, she's looking for him, who is he? Hang on a minute, you just looked at him. Yeah, he's just mm. used his heat vision to kind of like you know cauterize something. Why? What, what are you doing? So that's yeah, I guess, Lois knows Steve, too much too quickly in this for me. I, I know. Oh. I read somewhere. I read somewhere that um, it might have been Goya was saying that if she was such a good investigative journalist, she would know everything straight away. She she's got a nose for it. I'm thinking. Maybe, maybe not. If she worked with him in an office every day, there's that argument there because that's always the argument, isn't it? Is she's such a great investigative reporter that she can't work out that the guy on the desk next to her is actually Superman, kind of thing, is the joke. But with this, it does feel like she goes. I mean, when she's, I love the fact she's reading her story out loud to Perry, the one he won't publish. What newspaper reporter does this? And it's awful as well. It's horrible writing. It's really hacky, and I, I don't get what she wants a Pulitzer for. 
that and just her narration when she's talking about you know you go from point A to point B to thing. It's like this is such lazy writing. It's oh, like you know how do you connect all those dots? It's got to be I lazy do, writing I, though. Yeah I, yeah, I get it. It's to get to a point. It's, do you know what I mean? We've got to remember that. I do. Bit. I do like him walking out of the Force of Solitude looking like Superman because mm. Henry looks like Superman. He looks like he stepped off the pages. Um, he, he does have that thing about him and all that kind of conversation in his head, you know, why am I different? You know, because they, they'll fall, you know, they'll eat something in the sun or whatever, which is really cool. And then again, it's a time where he looks like he's enjoying himself. He's doing, obviously can't fly straight away, which is a bit of a nod to Action Comics 1. Yeah. And then when he's flying for the first time, that scene is, I love that horse and the music's great as well. And he looks mm. like he's having a bit of fun. Looks like he loves it, and a little bit. It's a really stupid bit, but I like it when he, he he goes like that and flies up, and he just kind of slows down and looks around him like that, looks around at the, the 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 ground below him, and then off he pops. He needs more of that for me, and he's smiling when he's doing it. It's it's, it's like giving him a fast car, you know, as a kid. There's there's a fast car off you pop. You See, know, he's he's learning that he can do it. I think this is a big problem for me with this film because I generally, even when I watched it in the cinema, felt nothing in that scene. I didn't believe I was watching a man fly. Christopher Reeve as a kid, I believed I was watching a man fly. Even as an adult, he's got such grace that even when I watch it, I'm like, I'm not entirely sure Christopher Reeve couldn't actually fly. And again, I get that people love that scene. I love that, you know, you feel that way about it. But just for me, it does nothing for me. It's like my emotional meter doesn't move on it. Yeah, well, you know, Stuart, you're wrong, but it's it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I do, and again, you know, fr- from that moment onwards the, the movie goes like 100 miles an hour as well mm. it doesn't really take its breath and these little moments like when um zod goes after like his mum and he goes up mm. and a mum goes nice nice suit you know those kind of moments they need more of those moments and then they ruin it by lois shouting being dropped off by the police and going clark! clark every time clark it's like you're smarter than this stop shouting clark it really yeah. pissed me off <laughs> yeah, um, same here. I, I, I didn't like that, but I did. Mm. I like the fact that when he goes, I like when the police, but the army get him. He's got handcuffs on, and he goes, yeah, it makes them feel better. Yeah. You know, the scenes like that, I think, are more yeah. when he's yeah, that's, uh, does his that extra vision good. in the guy's pocket and says like, you know, what what he's got in his pocket and stuff, this that, and the other, and kind of stands up and. But then he's like saying, well, "I've been here for so long." Da, da, da. Well, surely if you track your way back, you're gonna know who he is. Well, yeah, the fact he tells Jared about... at the end that he grew up in Kansas. Yeah, and it, and those those for me are the problematic bits. Yeah, because it completely undermines the whole thing from that, that Jonathan Kent was doing. Yeah. So the, right at the beginning, you know, all that arc with, with Jonathan Kent is ruined. Because... Which is why you needed Jonathan Kent to live through. Yeah, which is basically tells everybody everything in a kind of way. I mean, it starts at the beginning where Lara tells Zod that his name is Kal-El. It's like, awesome. Yeah, we had a son. He's called Kal-El. We're not going to tell you where he is, but, you know. No. And, and I do... I do like it when he grabs hold of, like, Zod and he's, you know, how dare you kind of threaten my mom kind of stuff. Because yeah. that's how you'd react. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, a natural reaction to it. The fact they destroy pretty much all of Smallville, you know. Uh, the again, post-9-11 disaster porn in this... Is really unsettling. Mm. It's like at the end when he's fighting Zod and he hits that 
so many days of that accident. It's like yeah. that would be funny if you hadn't just leveled like half of a city. Mm. Well, I, I, again, and there's, 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 there's these little moments of humor that just don't work. Yeah, I I, I like when he gets bashed through in the, the IHOP and Pete looks at him and he yeah. looks at him and you know mm. Pete knows and he because everybody in Smallville knows nice. that Clark's got yeah. superpowers. That little that little kind of. I do like the bit with the military is that this man is not our enemy. Yeah. You know? I love that bit. That took you a while, didn't it, to figure out? He's the one not smashing things and shooting people and, you know, he's trying to help. Again, I, and I, I get that. I What this film is really missing is a first night out like you had in Superman the movie. And again, I get not wanting to do that because we did it in Superman the movie, but at the same time, it's really missing those small Superman moments. I, um, I, I, I know I, you get again, him saving things. I know a lot of people like to level at Superman the movie that is he buggers off for like 15 years or whatever and then comes out as Superman. It's like it's no different in this film. There's no agency for him becoming Superman. He just gets given a costume and is like, cool, I'm Superman, I guess. And you can argue the exact same thing in Superman the movie is that he just appears in a costume one day that his dad gave him. Mm. That's why I love the burn thing of the Kent's made it for him. They are, I also think the they go a little bit over the board with the religious subtext in it as well. Um, I know, religious you know, subtext in a Superman movie. <laughs> but I mean, I don't mind that because he's a god and it's basically his story is Moses. But, you know, it's too much in your face with this one. It, you know, when he goes to the church, he's got the Garden of Gethsemane behind him in the church where, you know, he tells the secrets. When he falls out of the, the, the ship to go and save Lois, he's like, hands out this and the other and, mm. and there's a lot of kinds of god stuff in it now don't get me wrong i don't he is he is a god and you know anytime you people you know in, in the batman versus superman where people are worshiping him you'd get that because he and is to a be god fair, superman returns was just as guilty of that as this film oh is yeah as well, definitely so. yeah 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 completely yeah because he raised just because somebody's going to be screaming at the podcast thing of choice now being like superman returns is worse <laughs> yeah because he because he, he does come back from the dead but again, I think it's very much in your face. I don't, like I said, it's it's really weird because I, I do like it, but there are lots and lots of moments that I just think, oh, why did you yeah, do you know? Yeah, but I've had this on other things. Is you can really love something, but recognize all the flaws with it. I think that's part of my problem with mm. the, you are, you're either a Snyder fan or you're an idiot mentality online mm. is because, there's lots of things that I love that I'm like, I 100% recognize every single fault with this and I don't care because overall it doesn't ruin my enjoyment of it. But when you're like, you know, oh no, this is, this was intended to be this way. This is genius. You just don't understand this. So, well, explain it to me then. Well, no, figure it out for yourself. But well, that's the same with everything, it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah oh yeah, no, it's not specifically, yeah. but you know. It's, like... it's good to see Superman showing his strength and how powerful he is. Because we don't, apart from the animation, we've not really seen him really kind of flex, really yeah, kind of go after. You look and, at the and Superman some, fight in Superman fight. 2. It, yeah. It's not great. It was amazing at the time. But then you got Superman Returns that he doesn't throw a single punch in the whole movie. Yeah. Um, but again, I don't have a problem with the Superman not throwing a no, punch. No, I don't. Because to me, no, Superman's a guy who throws a punch as a last resort. That's and that's, the... and that's what you get from when he's like um, fighting for the first time. And also, the fact he's not perfect at it either. You know, he does get his ass handed to him by the other Kryptonians mm. to start off with. And he kind of grows into that later. 
um, which kind of acts back to an Elseworlds story or some that Batman kind of trained him how to fight. Yeah, because he couldn't do it very well. Um, but I do. I, okay, there's a lot of destruction. Millions of people probably probably died. It's going to happen, isn't it? You know, we see it all the time. We see it in Pacific Rim and whatever. You know, Godzilla versus Kong. Collateral damage is nothing anymore. It's just yeah, whatever, whatever needs to be done to kind of do it. And it would be if you had two super beings flying around a city with massive, like New York, they are going to smash into buildings. They are going to do something other. I think the difference, though, with something like Pacific Rim or Godzilla versus Kong or even Independence Day is that you go in, you know the tone of the film for that. This film plays on a very somber level sort of tone, whereas you know a Godzilla versus Kong, it's like, this is ridiculous. Obviously, like, Everybody in that office just died, but you know, Kong just punched Godzilla in the face, kind of thing. Um, yeah, but he does save. He, and this is the other thing what kind of bugs me a little bit. Like in Superman two, this weakness is the fact he wants to save people and stop people from getting hurt. When the fight in the beginning in Smallville, he does, you know, he saves people. He does this and the other. But when he's smashing through buildings, he doesn't really kind of. Hang on a minute. This way, uh, you know. he saves a soldier. He doesn't really actually save that many people, but that's fine. Again, he just always seems to be there in time to save Lois. It's something I'm becoming more and more aware of in films is how throwaway police, military, and security guards are for the easy kills. It's like, I watched the last Transformers film. Why are we making it an easy thing to maim a police officer who's just doing his job? We're not seeing him being a dickhead. He's chasing down a guy he thinks has stolen a car. And then he gets smashed up into a thing. Spoilers for the last Transformers film. And, you know, we're all supposed to be like, ah, he got away and the cop busted his car up. Yeah. But he's just a dude doing his job. I get that, you know, police are easy targets at the minute because of... Well, that's that's a common theme, though, isn't it? It is, you but know, it's... It's the, it's the Death Star analogy, isn't it? It's like, you know, Star Wars, they bought the Death Star. Can't remember the exact number of million people that were on it. And a lot of them were just janitors and cooks and... You slightly know. different though and to use the clerk's argument they knew what they were doing by signing up for the Death Star my thing with cops and security ah, guards ah, that... ah but you know yeah no I'm, I'm using that as a whole empire thing. thing you see that throws it that throws that argument out a little bit doesn't it because at the end of the day you know, but the empire is evil in the context slave. of that world whereas police officers and security guards are just dudes doing their jobs kind of thing and alright they sign up with a level of danger because it comes with the job but there's a flippancy well, to how they just sort of throw away easy gun. And the way that some of the soldiers are killed in this, when you see that one pilot, when he rips the canopy off and you just see him pulp him to mush in the background. Yeah. I, I'm not disputing what you're saying about that the target that they pick. Um, and it is a theme, but the idea of disposable people is, is nothing new, you know. Oh, you know, I get that. It's, it's just, just a mechanism, isn't it, to show how good or bad people are. And I do think you're right. There has become, it has become a bit more, you know, um, kind of red shirty that the cops and the army are going to get, you know, blown to there's, shit. Or there's a nastier streak to it, I think, is what I'm saying. And a, yeah, and more, and of, a, more of a flippancy to it as well. it used to be. I get that, you know, you'd rather see that than like a bus full of kids or. Know, nuns or something like that being I'd go for the bus full of kids all the time. Well, yeah, I'm on the nun trip there. I think that'd be cool. Well, yeah. Neil before Zod. But yeah, I mean that that's an aside. Like I say, the way that people are killed by the Kryptonian in this is brutal. Like I say, it's only a brief shot where he jumps up in the air in Smallville and rips the canopy off, 
and then you see him pulverizing a guy. I, I genuinely found that final act a little dull with the constant flying through buildings, punch, punch, fly through buildings, punch, punch. It, it, it was a bit, you know, it's like, yeah, we've, we've seen, I get that you're trying to build a sense of scale of how much damage and how powerful these people are and what a threat they are to everybody. But Jesus Christ, like, how many times are you going to fly yeah. through a skyscraper? You know what I mean? Well, it's and, that and it's the big beam from space thing as well. It's, it's, it's all boring. Yeah, yeah, which at first I thought that's quite clever, you know, because um, Richard Schiff kind of explains what's going on. Because at first you think, what's going on here? You know, it's like a big plunger, isn't it? You know. Um, they, but then when yeah. it keeps going, you're like, oh Jesus, you know. What I are they going to so do? Work the way across the world with it? You know. I think they're going just, through the core, aren't they? It's again. I find I mean, it very. They, they finally brought Emil Hamilton into a film, and then they kill him, <laughs> and he didn't need to die. There was no real reason for it. You could have had him fall out as well, and Superman saved both of them. But Superman is only there to save Lois. Anybody else is just, sorry, I was buried. I'm not saying that Superman should be for kids, but I think a Superman film should be family-friendly. This is not a Superman film that I would sit down with my kids when they were young and be like, let's watch the new Superman. And I think Superman should be that. No, but it wasn't made for that, was it? No, No. but Superman should be that. And I get your point. Yeah, I agree. And I'd expect this in a Batman movie. Awesome. And, you know... Mm. There are certain Batman films that I've not shown my kids because they're not ready for me. Or, you know, my mm. eldest now, but my youngest. But, you know, a Superman movie should be for kids. No, not for kids, but suitable for kids, is what I mean. Mm. And this very much isn't. You've got Superman sinking into a load of skulls. You <laughs> And I'm not a prude about anything kind of thing like that. I just, I don't know. Yeah. He's, he's a beacon I, of hope. They like to tell us that his symbol means hope. They rarely show us his symbol means hope. Well, I suppose it means hope I don't get caught between these two fighting in the skyscraper. It did lead to that awesome meme, though, of her saying, you know, it, it's an S. And him going, no, it means hope. And she's going, well, no, it's an S. He's like, no, I am hope man, bitch. I'm going to say it. I love Henry Cavill. I love Amy Adams. They've got zero chemistry between them. I think she's the best Lois. For, apart from the one on TV at the moment, I think she's great. I don't, I'm not really, I, I, I really struggle with the, the Lois character. Um, but I quite like that in this one, she's quite ballsy and she goes and gets what she wants and stuff. And that kind of follows through the rest of the movies. But I also think I'm so bored of, she's almost turning into a supervillain because Superman forgets everybody else and doesn't save her. Yeah. So she's, she's also. contrivance she's, is the problem. It's like, yeah, I she, love Terry Hatcher Lois, but I can't defend her as the best Lois because the way they wrote her in the later seasons, she basically becomes. A nothing sort of like off you go, honey, kind of character. It's like that's not Lois Lane. Um, I no, agree with you it's... on the Superman and Lois one, she's great. I really didn't think I was gonna like her, yeah. but because I remember watching her in Grimm being like, Really, this is Lois? Yeah, I know she's she's really good. And I, I do like Amy Adams as 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 Lois. And you know what? I do like pretty much everybody in it. I do, they're just uh, all um... underserved by bad dialogue and a sloppy script. Oh, it's Snyder, isn't it? And Goya. You know, Blade Trinity Goya. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know, he's so hit and miss. Um, yeah. I like. I also like the soundtrack. I also like Hans Zimmer's score. For oh, the score's well. great. The uh, what yeah. you're going to do when you're not saving the world is the sort like the Superman yeah, scene. Yeah. That is wonderful. And I wonderful. I do like that scene when he goes when he goes back in when he goes in he goes like you know, welcome to the planet. That's a great so, last line. You know, and we'll get <laughs> onto that in a bit. I want to end the conversation on that scene. 
um because right. i have a major problem with it as a whole but also that um i think got a major of, problem with everything then honey bloody hell you know what i mean i'm thinking he's sick of i don't think it was this podcast yeah but no just coming back to the amy adams thing i think she's a great actor i i like her in in most things i didn't like when it first started i didn't like the way she was portraying Lois Lane, because I just thought this is really cornball city now. It's like, you know, just I'll turn up and, you know, that, like that's why I came early and all this kind of. And then she goes, What do I do if and I then she goes, tinkle? Yeah. And then goes crawling inside the fortress assault and all that kind of. And I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, do you know what I mean? But as the film progresses, I take, take to her more. And actually, I think in the later incarnations of, of the character, she's much better. Um, yeah, I, I mean, find her more bearable. Than, but I think she's 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 a great actor. But I do take yeah. your point. The chemistry isn't there between them as well as I would have expected it to be in this film. Um, but possibly spoiled because I, I always get hooked on the chemistry of Kidder and... And I know you, you, you don't like Kira's as Lois particularly, but that chemistry between them was, was magic. Do you know what I mean? And, and, I think, and, and, and as, as, again, what we said about like Caval, I think the chemistry <laughs> grows as the, as the next mm. movies come along. You know, they, yeah, they do seem, you know, they do seem to be like the scene in Justice League when he's brought back to life and stuff. That's, I think that's a really good scene, you know, yeah, when, when they're all talking in the, you know, I've been in a box for so long sort of stuff. So I think that grows. It's just it's yeah, not I mean, it's not given chance it, to breathe in this one, is it? It's difficult yeah, to look at this film because we know what came after. It's always a problem. It's like when we did the uh, Star Wars episode, knowing what came after Force Awakens. It was very difficult to talk about Force Awakens isolation and a bit like this one as well. Um, I just it a lot of it's in her a bit like the whole it means hope thing. It's all in the dialogue. It's not in the showing. Yeah, it's just all she's a plot point in this rather than you know pretty much a MacGuffin which we'll get onto the MacGuffin of the film in a minute as well it could have done with some more Daily Planet stuff I think that's where the magic is with Lois although Superman and Lois does it nicely without the Daily Planet but I think if you've got the Daily Planet in your thing you better watch out Lois hey Perry's gunning for you he knows your Woodburn's anonymous source and he cannot wait to rip you a new one <laughs> I told you not to run with this. And what do you do? You let Woodburn just shotgun it all over the internet. Now, the publishers want me to sue you. Well, if it makes a difference, I'm dropping it. Whoa, just like that? Yeah. What happened to your leads? They didn't pan out. The story was smoke. Or perhaps it just didn't get the traction that you hoped it would. Two weeks leave, no pay. That's your penance. You try something like this again, you're done here. Fine. No, let's make it three weeks since you're so willing to agree with me. Perry! No, no, don't, don't. I believe you saw something, Lois. But not for a moment do I believe that your leads just went cold. So whatever your reasons are for dropping it, I think you're doing the right thing. Why? Can you imagine how people on this planet would react? They knew there was someone like this out there. But they, they, them two have got chemistry. They've, you could believe them on the TV. Them two are together. Yeah. It, it, if if you've seen they're in, whether they're arguing and you know it's a proper kind of family 
unit in the TV show were here. It's just super, it's just Clark. Well, Superman. Well, yeah, because that family unit in Superman and Lois has taken the place of the Daily Planet family unit. Like yeah, you just don't yeah. get any sense of character in this. They're just all pieces in place. Like, I, I, I did like the scene when you know Perry and everybody were you know were ready to die. Hold that, hold that oh, when, woman's hand when he holds stuff. Jenny's hand. Which yeah, I thought just make her Jenny Olsen. Don't have a Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. Just have a Jenny Olsen. Perfectly fine. Especially yeah. as they then have a Jimmy Olsen in in Batman v Superman who he kills. And when I heard Zack Snyder talk about it on an Empire spoiler podcast, he was like, yeah, it's cool, isn't it? Like, no, you're a dickhead. Can you it's... imagine though, Stu, if they'd have made a Jenny Olsen? Could you oh, imagine this? Yeah, but I don't. Store? I don't care about that shit. Store. I know we don't. And uh, but this is the thing, and this is why I think sometimes ideas like that don't happen because they just go, "That'd be real." No, because she is essentially Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, that's essentially what but she is. So just again, lean into that it. Comes back to though, the sheer just stupidity of some of the the people that we live in this planet with that can't accept a different version of something or someone or, you know, this is what this is why a lot of these films fall into the same traps of being repetitive and dull, because they don't stray from some of those things, because they know that, you know, some self-righteous dipshit will get up in arms about it. But, oh, it's Jenny Olsen now, you know, oh, Doctor Who's a woman. It's like, sorry, but with, with you know, good it, writing, it winds it me matter. right up, though, because it's killing creativity. That's the problem. And I'm not saying do it for the sake of doing it. But it actually, in a film like that, where it would have it would have worked perfectly well, because it's, it is a retelling. You know what I mean? Then yeah. do it. But I mean, everybody I assumed think... she was Jenny Olsen anyway. It was only when they yeah, brought in the ultimate cut of Batman v Superman and you had a different Jimmy Olsen. That, but yeah, that's. I do love that scene of Steve Lombard and Perry White trying to save her and then realising they can't save her. And mm. she looks at them like, you're going to abandon me, aren't you? And Perry just holds her hand. Wonderful mm. moment. I really like that. Like I say, there's a lot in this film that I like, but it's just like sprinkled in rather than a through line throughout the film. Mm. Mm. It, it should have been more. That's what they should have leaned into. They were so determined to be the edgy grounded in reality Superman that they sort of forgot that there's a way to do that and be a Superman movie. Because again, I this is, this is a decent movie. It's a crap Superman movie. For me, you've got people who don't really understand Superman and that's your fundamental problem. Yeah. I just got a bit confused with some of it as well. Like, you know. I, I, I again, you're, you're bit... confused normally, aren't you? To be fair, yeah. Yeah. If somebody says he's a spoon like... or a fork, choose one, you've got no chance. That's why we have sporks. <laughs> I love a uh, It's like, the atmosphere's this, the atmosphere's that, this is happening, that's happening, they're this, they're that, and I'm like, what's going on a bit here? There, there is a lot going on. It's like the codex. What's the point of the codex? You do not need it. No. And then it's infused in Clark anyway. Oh, I, I didn't like that bit. I must admit, I didn't like that bit. It's like... I, I liked in the first one where they instill all the knowledge into him. Which is going? Yeah, that's that's you know, why that, that's so clever. It might have Kryptonian DNA in him. It's like, what's he supposed and, to do? Go jizz in a field, and we'll get a load of Krypton and, eggs. And the bit that I got a little bit confused about was the inference that Jor-El was almost trying to create a Kryptonian Aryan race by 
having this cut. Do you know what I mean? And I'm thinking, I know that's that's Zod's interpretation, but I think that's a bit, you know, yeah, a bit odd. Like, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't quite understand the point of, of that. No, I didn't like the codex stuff either. No, it's just pointless. I think there's too many Kryptonians with Zod as well. I hate that they get powers instantly. I don't particularly like it in Superman 2 either, but when then you remember that when baby Cal lands, he can lift the truck up, so he's already powered by the time he gets there. So you're kind of like, actually, no, that does make sense within this continuity. Yeah. This Clark doesn't start developing powers. It's established till he's sort of a child. You know, the fat Clark tells him how to control these powers that are messing Zod up. You need to learn to focus, like my parents taught me. Cheers for that. That'll yeah. come in handy later. I like that Zod announces himself to the world with a uh, "You are not alone" viral marketing campaign. You've got to understand branding. That's the way. I like I mean, Zod. I, thought, I, I like Zod as a character, and I like Zod. How do you know what twenty-four hours is in this one? Because but... they—they've just arrived. I'm being picky. They've been, been really sending picky. pods out just for a very long piss, time, but... aren't they? You well, know, yeah, that's the other thing. Is that, that ship got there like eighteen thousand years. It's been in the ice, but fortunately, it had a Superman costume in it that fit in perfectly. So. I'm assuming it was replicated in the ship somehow. You're being facetious. Now. I am being facetious. I was gonna. I, I was gonna say something. But I'm not facetious. I was gonna say, "Don't be a dick." <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like dick. when people, uh, like people say, "I could, I can forgive a lot with, especially superior movies, mm. but for certain things that I just can't." Um, for instance, in in Ant Man, I can't get over the fact that he can grow a building. What about type? What about the plumbing and electricity and all that? You know, you walk around with a slush kind of thing, in the, and the same sort of thing is with with. So I can forgive pretty much everything, you know, catching Lois from the sky, and, you know, <laughs> doesn't rip her in two and this that, and the other. I, that doesn't bother me. And his suit, not his suit, just there, ready for him to kind to kind of wear, doesn't bother me. It's little shitty things that kind of kind of kind of annoy me more than anything. It's like. Yeah, the cold decks. I think it's a waste of time. It, you know, I did like the fact the film. It, I don't like the Fortress of Solitude. I don't like the fact it becomes almost like a prop for every other movie to come. It's just like forgotten about. Yeah. You know, it's supposed to be a place that he goes and, and learns about Krypton of Krypton and all this kind of knowledge and stuff. Nah, don't worry about it. That that irks me slightly. Yeah. I just yeah, some of the dialogue irks me as well i felt irksome yeah there's there's Ow. some ropey dialogue in this um there's some ropey choices in acting as well like the when one how do they know about lois lane why how do they know about superman's connection to lois lane why do they want lois lane on the kryptonian ship no reason for it other than it's so jorel's got somebody who can he can talk to oh she's pretty see i assumed they wanted lois lane on the ship as leverage well, yeah, that's okay. that's my thought on it. But how do they know that he's connected to well, her? Even if they've been just scanning the thing. It's the way that they just go, like, we want, we want, it's like, uh, and Well, she says she'll go, to be fair. Yeah, um, no, but, you know, Jesus, you're supposed to be, like, looking out for your own race. And it's like, oh, go on then, you know. I'd, it's little things like that, that that kind of, kind of just go, <laughs> really, you know. The way that the Kryptonian woman sh- like walks her into the cell, Lois is cooperating, it's all fine, and then she does this really shitty bit of acting where she shoves her against the wall. Why? That was just like, you're kind of like, 
your your role was to bring it in, but you decided you wanted a little bit of extra pay, so you did a. What what is Jarell anyway in this? Because he can touch things, open things, give he things. T- he's a computer program, isn't he? Is my understanding of it? Because Zod overrides him, and that's how he gets rid of him at the end. Because mm. I didn't. He, he doesn't. Like he doesn't touch anything. Right. But he just sort of does this, doesn't he? And doors open, and yeah, I liked that it was. Like I say, it was there so that he could get Lois to use a gun she'd never used before and just be kind of like, you know. I didn't like that bit either. Right, move your head slightly to the left, all that sort of thing. I, um, I, I didn't I didn't like the whole, I'm going to teach you how to save. It's like... It's overthinking something that should have been simple is the problem. And again, that's the big problem with this film is there's lots of and, nice ideas buried in a load of shit that doesn't need to be it, there. Codex doesn't just need to be smacked. there. It just smacked of giving Amy Adams a bigger, more important part. Oh, I kind of think you know what I mean, been... which you didn't need because yeah. if you play Lois Lane right, you got a big enough part anyway, haven't you? Yeah, and it's not and like she's well written. written it right. It's not her fault, but I kind of was... think this film would have been better if it didn't have any of the Daily Planet crew in it. And again, if you want to mm. separate it from the Donna film and do something different with it, give us a Superman before he gets a Metropolis. No, that that end would have would have been better as always well, that yeah. if, if they. Because then mm. he's starting at the, his next kind of chapter, isn't he? Really, you know, maybe show him going um, around the world doing some journalism, so he can't just walk yeah. into a job at the Daily Planet. Well, just, just like him, birthright when he's doing all this, all this stuff, he's he's flying around and things. I quite, I, I did quite like when he bashes the the ship, and it's like you, you can save him, cow. You can save everybody. No, he can't. But thanks for the uh, you know the vote of confidence. <laughs> but focus on the one you've got a boner for. <laughs> yeah. Do that. Shove this homoerotic some... device into that other homoerotic gap. Oh, yeah, uh, she has that amazing you... line, doesn't she? It's not supposed to do this. It's supposed to go all the way in. I wrote that. Yeah. what she said. And, um, you know, <laughs> let's uh, let's see what, what comes of it. I'm just trying to think what else Oh, you're, you're a cunning linguist, aren't you, Damien? A cunning linguist. All right, let's 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 deal with the, the big controversial moment. We've done the one of the Jonathan Kent death. Oh, um, I will point out that somebody in a movie shouting um, Jenny that isn't Arnold Schwarzenegger is just wrong. I don't care if it is Lawrence yeah. Fishburne. If you've not had a pop an ice cream comb on your nose and then you can chase around like some weird man mountain. Was you're the only, Larry that's the only or person Lawrence who... in this one. I was getting he's Lawrence in this. He was Larry. He was Larry, and then he, he was Larry when he was Lawrence. like 14 and in Apocalypse Now. Yeah. But yeah, so the other big controversial moment is Superman snapping Zod's neck. Which isn't the first neck snap in this. There's that horrible one for where Ferora does it to that soldier. It's like that was unnecessary. Just like smash him against a wall. You didn't need to snap Super his neck. Evil though, isn't it? But anyway, yeah. Know. Superman killing Super- Zod. Yeah. At least he killed him when he was still super, unlike in Superman 2, when he just kills a normal man. See, I never believed he killed Zod in Superman 2. I got really issue went? with people. He just I always assumed that it was like either a portal back to the Phantom Zone or just some kind of Fortress of Solitude type prison. Oh, I never assumed he just killed him. Yeah, he does. He kills him. <laughs> no, but in this, in that, he and he's killed people in the comics. He killed lots of Kryptonians with the um, Kryptonite when he when he's a lead suit. He has killed people. It's not pleasant, but sometimes you have to make that decision, don't you? I, I it's it's a very throwaway scene. I don't, you know, it is what it is. And I don't understand any kind of like repercussions from that afterwards. You know, he does a big scream, cuddles um, Amy Adams, Lois Lane, 
and then it's it. That's it. It's done. Well, I think there should have been a little bit more around that. Maybe a little bit kind of maybe a regret, this, a conversation or something. This is my thing with it. I have no problem with him killing Zod. I thought it was possibly uglier than it needed to be, but I get that it's, you know, he's not done it before. You get the scream. People always say he killed Zod in the burn era of the comics on the um, Mirror Earth, whatever it was, I can't remember where Supergirl came from. Yes, he did. But then you had a whole arc where Superman exiled himself into space, like went mental and pretended he was gangbuster for a bit, exiled himself into space because he couldn't live with what he'd done. There was a whole thing with this. It's very much, and I've used this before when talking about Felix Leiter's wife dying in it's very much like the George Clooney cameo in South Park Bigger Longer Uncut where Kenny's just died he goes it never gets any easier and that's very much what the Superman killing Zod is you don't feel any after effect from it he goes no, that, he sees his mum he's all jolly he's like you know I wish dad could have seen me snap that guy's neck that's the kind of that. I think that's the, the the ongoing thing straight through the movie though isn't that you know the, the missing that Superman heart in it, the missing, mm. the hope, the hope. But you know, he he breaks Zod's neck because he's about to basically melt a family. So, which why, did why family put his hands in front? Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know why he just couldn't put his hands in front of the. Yeah, that the, was Neil the, Adams' the, thing, wasn't it? Like, yeah, he covers eyes. Um, there's there's lots of things he, he could have done, but yeah, he, 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 I don't have a problem with him breaking Zod's neck. Now, like um, I say, I got no problem with him killing Zod. It's there has you know, to be a repercussion to it. There has exactly. to be something. Even Maybe if they didn't do it in this film, you then go into Batman yes. v Superman, where he goes to save Lois Lane, and he's throwing normal people against walls in a way that would instantly kill them. And it's like, yeah. we, we've we learned nothing. <laughs> it really kind of played into that, you know, with the fact that, you know, Lex is sending him off to kill Superman. And he's like, well, you know, the, the stuff that he's already killed one person, he doesn't want to kill anymore, anybody else. So. Yeah, yeah, Superman but they, is pulling it, his punches. It, because he doesn't want yeah, that feeling say, of killing again. Yeah, nobody. What is it? Nobody. No one. No one stays good in this world. That kind of stuff is off. It's depressing. Yeah. And I just think having that, having a little bit of arc after it, would have been. I think people would have been better reviewing that little little bit. Yeah, because the think guy would have been a little bit happy with it. I can't remember his name. The guy who did that "Death of Superman Lives," what happened documentary. Um, his name's gone from my head now. But I watched the thing with him where he was on stage where they asked him about it. And he was like, he killed he killed the Kryptonians in the comics. It's like, yeah, awesome. But there was ramifications for that. And I get that in comics, you've got time to do that. And, you know, it, it's why I always think comics potentially work better being adapted to TV where you've got time to explore all those elements. Whereas in a two hour, 20 minute film, you're tied to, can we really waste time on this? And it's not a waste of time. But if they'd have gone done a Man of Steel 2 with Superman still feeling the ramifications of that. Because you could have brought Michael Shannon back as like Zod in his head, you know, torturing him. Oh, we'll just turn him into Doomsday. <laughs> Don't even get me. <laughs> but um I, I, I didn't mind the neck snappy bit. Um because what else is he gonna do? It's that the ultimate display of like how far he'll go. To protect his new home. Yeah. For me. I agree. There could have been a bit of remorse afterwards, but to be honest, after all that sort of crash boom bang and, and 
I don't know. I think people would have just been happy to see him off Zod and, and that was it. I don't think, I think we look at it differently than, and I don't mean this in a snobby way, but I think because we have more invested in the character and the law and what we think Superman stands for, we expect different things. We expect that level of remorse and that level of self-awareness, which... But I think if you're going to play with... Not everyone else does. If you're going to play with Superman, you need to respect that. It's different than... But they don't know, Stu. That's but, the reality. But you should. Like Batman it over that many times. Because yeah, I know. I, I love the Burton Batman films, but he's killing left, right, and center. Yeah. Uh, but that was very much sort of the 80s, 90s action thing, wasn't it? Like you're just killing people without. Mm. It's sort of like, it's fine. <laughs> but like, but one of the big criticisms of like Superman Returns is the fact that, you know, he doesn't really do anything. But I think audiences want to see that i think people mm. people want to see kind of like the sam raimi green goblin spider-man fight at the end of it which is like mm. mega brutal and i think i think i think the modern audience if you sat them down and and showed them superman and then man of steel most of them would choose man of steel i would think yeah they probably would yeah um that goblin fight in spider-man is infinitely better than this Oh yeah, god yeah. But it's brutal, mm. isn't it? Like I didn't I didn't let mm. Amy watch it. You know, um she only watched it recently cuz I thought it was it's it's again is it needed? I don't know. But it, it's it, it is what it is, you know. He broke his yeah. neck. He he falls to his knees. He's obviously a little bit upset. He rubs his face into um Lois's midriff and then maybe works his way down. I don't know the scene cuts. And, and then the, is that where the MacGuffin was was visible. Yeah, that that's where the MacGuffin oh, was. I missed that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I must have. Looked. But then we 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 kind of then moved to him smashing down a kind of uh, what a spy satellite, you know, and having a bit of a bit of a laugh. And you're not gonna you're not gonna know where I hang my cape and the officer saying he's he's hot kind of thing. You right. Know? Everybody that's like, oh, Goya writes Lois Lane so well. Goya knows how to write women is completely undermined by a military captain who happens to be a woman. Going, I just think he's hot. Yeah. He is hot. Again, though, it's one. Fair. He is hot. But, he, is, you know. he is hot, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'd do him. In a heartbeat. If he knocks on my door right now, I'll tell you. What do you mean? The man's I mean, a nothing beacon. left of me. And I've seen Mission Impossible Fallout. Like, he's got reloading arms. Yeah. He can go yeah. all night. And, yeah. He can, I, I'll just be a bit of spinal fluid when I, you know, when he leaves. Bit of yeah, because he'll bit snap of spinal fluid. <laughs> he'll, he, will, he will. He's a big lad. He'll snap um, your neck, he'll bury his face in your wife's bosom, and then he'll go off and visit his dad's grave. Yeah, that's exactly what he'll do. Um, and then go, I, I'm going to fly to Italy and get some pizza and fly back again. I'd love to see Henry Cavill's Superman going out and doing some shopping like Christopher Reeve in Superman 2. Picking some flowers and then coming back with a bag of groceries. <laughs> I, I quite like it in Superman, uh, Batman vs. Superman, where he is all around the world doing different things. You know, and it's 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 a it's not the greatest scenes, but you know he's saving people doing this and he's doing that. But they they do some similar in Superman Returns, but don't really kind of mm. show him doing things. They just kind of mention he's doing it. Um, I quite like him pulling that big bolt in the ice and stuff, and the um, rocket ship landing. And but yeah, Again, the trouble with that just... is you feel nothing with that. With Christopher Reeve when he does it, it's hairs on the back of the neck. You know, yeah, even him rescuing a cat out of a tree. And I, mean, I know it's a different think, tone, it's a different time, it's a different world, but, but Superman I, is the same. 
You just got to look is... at how Marvel handled Captain America. Yeah, and that's how you can do a Superman in a modern world and keep him Superman. Yeah, I don't disagree with you, um, but I also agree with Damien of the fact that it's. I think Man of Steel is a product of the time. I think James Gunn will do a far different Superman because he gets the character. I think he'll do something very, very different with it. And I just think this was maybe the wrong director, perhaps. I don't know. Because I think it shows in, in Justice League, even though the Josh Whedon Justice League isn't great, I think Superman is a whole lot better. Yeah. You know, when he, when he flies down and um, Wonder Woman, he goes, is, is this guy still bothering you? You know, and truth, justice. He has he has those little moments and stuff, things. He looks like that's, he's having fun. He's Superman, you know, bright cut. And I just think that maybe Josh understood who Superman is, like Captain America and stuff, more than Zack Snyder. I think Snyder's I think storm the is... problem is, is that Zack Snyder views all comic books through the lens of Watchmen. And yes. that's great for Watchmen, and that's great for a take on Batman. It's not what you do with Superman. Well, it's 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 the same thing with like when we talk talk about the, the Superman movie. We look at the color palette that's used for Smallville, and we look at the palette used for like Krypton, and then we look at the palette used for um, uh, Metropolis. It's mm-hmm. very very noticeable that they change the colors. Yeah. Where everything in Man of Steel is the same color. Mm-hmm. There's no soft focus. There's no any of that. And it, it it shows that Donna knew the character. You know, he know he knew what he wanted to do. So, you know, we've got all the harsh buildings in Greys and Nub and all that in, in Metropolis. When you go to Smallville, it's whimsical. Yes. You know, soft Norman focus, Rockwell. beautiful colours, big blue, big, you know, blue sky that goes on forever and that kind of stuff. But I don't think today's audience really would appreciate that. I think. I think. I think. I think. I think we need to go back to well. that. Yeah, but I, again, I do. I do think we need to go back to that. I. Th- I think we, because I think it'll be something that this audience probably hasn't seen. I think we need to go back to kind of giving a crap about our superheroes and just throwing them away and having you know, talk, 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 battle, talk, 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 battle, talk, 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 fallout, battle, talk, talk, talk. We're gonna make friends again. Something falls from the sky. Yeah. I think it's- that needs to stop it's very much that kevin smith story about when he was on an evening with kevin smith where he was with john peters reading out his first draft of the script and john peters was like you need to have an action beat every 10 pages that's why you get Jarrell nutting people and firing guns and flying on dragons on krypton and that is because you need that action beat because that's what people want i think you can do a film like that with superman but superman has to be superman in it i think the problem with this is that you can surround Superman with all this drab color palette and all that, but then Superman needs to be the color. And I think that's what this film doesn't achieve. Even at the end, you don't really feel like he's Superman. You don't really feel like he's Superman until the end of Joss Whedon's Justice League. Because Zack Snyder does it by putting him in yeah. the black suit at the end instead. I, of... I 100% agree with you. I think but this film does end on a promising note that got me excited it's... about A Man of Steel 2 because you get him, like I say... I have a problem with the fact he has zero journalism skill and he walks into a job as a journalist at a major metropolitan newspaper, but whatever. But that's probably the biggest science fiction leap in this film. <laughs> but it's good when he's explaining it. I'm going to, I'm, what are you going to do with your 
when you're not doing this and well i'm going to put myself in places that you know people expect me to be in and this that, and the other i i like i like you know the ending's good i yeah, like no, this little bike that, that's fine for the third yeah. but in this modern age where you need like degrees and this 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 and this to even get a job in your local newspaper kind of thing to be fair though mate if you've read modern journalism i think you probably could just turn up and get a job i don't think you even need to turn up you just post shit online don't you because you don't need anyway, to proofread for yeah. sure but that whole welcome to the planet pleasure to be here lois or whatever it is he says i can't remember the exact line i might be wrong and then the music swells because it's that what are you going to do when you're not saving the world piece of music by Hans Zimmer that's wonderful it's, and i left that and i was like that film wasn't really for me but i've got a really great feeling about man of steel too and then Zack snyder walked out on stage at comic-con and got henry lennox to walk out on stage with him and read a passage from Dark Knight Returns, and I was like, Snyder, you just wanted to make a Batman film all along, didn't you? And they shoehorned in this sudden thing of like, we need to catch up with Marvel. And they ballsed it. If they'd made Man of Steel 2 and just stuck the course with that and slowly built a world, I think the Snyderverse would have connected with a lot more people than just the hardcore Snyder fans. And, and you know, I don't, the Snyder fans probably never read a comic in their life because if they did they would understand that you know the oh, no, they have. i've never read a made. comic in my life because i didn't like man of steel i remember having this with somebody online in 2013 where i clearly didn't understand superman and never read a comic because otherwise i would have understood what was happening in man of steel it's like cool i looked at all my comics behind me and was like really should have read those and they're right i mean yeah, <laughs> it's like pretty yeah. pictures i but I, and, and again i i think i like the snyder cut of, of Justice League. I think there's a lot in the Josh Whedon that I liked as well, but I think he got Superman spot on. And the, the really real thing, what really pisses me off about the end of jo- um, Zack Snyder's Justice League is when Superman opens his thing and he's still in his black costume. Yeah, I think if you were going to do that, have Superman in the black costume in this film and then build towards him being in the blue and red. If that's the way you want to go with Superman, because it feels like a complete regression, him being in the black suit. My problem with the black suit is that it was a regeneration suit. It's a yeah, solar it's, suit. It it's to repower it. Yeah. Yeah. But then people are like, oh, he looks cool in the black suit. So we're just going to use it and not really understand he's not it. not Batman. And they've done it in the comics. He's primary as well. colors. He's, yeah, he's primary colors. That's what it is. So use it to, during the fighting Justice League because he's still getting his powers yeah, back and still, still doing that. Sure, and it, I, you know, it should be the, yeah, should be the Superman. The um, other problem with Zack that, Snyder's Justice League is that it turns out that that general was Martian Manhunter all along, and he did bog all during that attack on Metropolis. Yeah, he sat there picking his nails. He didn't be like, you know, I'm not feeling well, or I've got to return some videotapes. And... No, I, I, Henry, for me, his best Superman is in Josh Wynn's Justice League. Yeah, I, I think... think the Snyder cut and the Whedon cut, it's a lot like the Lester cut and the Donner cut. If you mash the two together, there's a really great film mm. in the middle. Yeah, yeah, very much so, yeah. Because there's elements, we talked about it when we did the spoiler special for Zack Snyder's Justice League, there's elements in the Whedon cut. The Whedon cut's a mess. It's not a great film at all, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. The yeah. Snyder cut is overblown, up its own ass, and they gave him way too much money to finish it which he didn't finish it. He laid in a load of groundwork to get people all excited about more that we knew was never going to come. He just baited people with it. He used it for that. That whole stuff that he shot with the Joker and, you know, evil Superman, which evil Superman's the laziest shit going. I'm fed up of it. 
if he kill Lois Lane, he'll become evil. Piss off. Um, but that's a separate thing. But there's elements in that Joss Whedon cut that I really missed in the Snyder cut, like Batman telling the Flash to save one person, which comes into play in the Flash, which apparently follows the Snyder cut and not, but whatever. Those little moments are missing. And I think that's the problem with Snyder as a whole, because he doesn't understand the small moments to me. And I think that's the problem with this. all like the race at the end. Yeah. Flash. Yeah, again, it's it's wonderfully throwaway stupidity, but it's just as a comic fan, you're yeah. Like, yeah, and our people can coexist. So we can suffer through years of pain trying to adapt like your son has? You're talking about genocide. Yes, and I'm arguing its merits with a ghost. We're both ghosts, Sod. Can't you see that? The Krypton you're clinging onto is gone. Ship, have you managed to quarantine this invasive intelligence? Fail. I have. Then prepare to terminate it. I'm tired of this debate. Silencing me won't change anything. My son is twice the man you were. And he will finish what we started. I can promise you that. Tell me. You have Jarrell's memories, his conscience. Can you experience his pain? I will harvest the codex from your son's corpse, and I will rebuild Krypton atop his bones. Like I said, I like Man of Steel, and I'm just grateful that they're still making Superman movies and, and Batman movies. I am getting jaded a little bit with the amount of stuff that's coming out. And I think with um, James Gunn taking three years to kind of get the next Superman on the screen, I think it's a really clever idea because he wants to make sure it's right. I think they need to slow their role on world building and just focus on making a film. Yeah, just do a film. Yeah. Um, And and Marvel are showing their ass now, aren't they? Because Endgame was such a massive thing. They should have disappeared for a few years. Yeah, most people I know is Endgame. They're finished with it now because yeah. one, they like all those characters they like that aren't really around, and the ones that have appeared like Thor, they've just ruined him. Um, and that's you know, you you want somebody who's going to well build slowly, and Ma- and Marvel did that beautifully to start off with, real little little tiny nuggets here, little nuggets there, but they did it really well. So I'm hoping that's what DC will do. Um, it's just a shame I'm not going to see Henry because I love the bit at the end of um, Black Adam, Black Adam yeah. when, when he when he just appears. Oh, I, I um, feel Henry's been done a dirty like Brandon Wraith was done a dirty. Yeah, yeah. But I I think, I, I, again, that's a, a wider thing. They put too much stock and too much power in Dwayne Johnson. And I've got nothing against Dwayne Johnson. I really like Dwayne Johnson. I find him a very likable person and I enjoy his performances on screen. Black Adam is a piece of shit. <laughs> It's fine, but it's like a 2005 comic book movie. Um, and I don't get why they felt that they could put so much stock in him as the future of the DC universe to the detriment of everything else, which they're now feeling with Shazam losing money, well, Black Adam losing money, Shazam 2 losing money, The Flash losing money, completely writing off Batgirl and been in it. Um, again, I would have rather seen a shit Batgirl movie than no Batgirl movie at all. Much like I'd rather... I'd much much happier seeing a Superman movie that I don't like and knowing it exists than not getting a Superman movie at all. I'm 
Man of Steel does nothing for me. Like I say, it's going to be very rare that I go back to it unless it's for doing something like this. But I'm glad it's out there. I'm glad people connected with it. I'm glad that hopefully some people went from that Man of Steel and started reading the comics and either realised that the Superman in the comics is different because I don't know what comics they're going to go and read and be like, yeah, that's the Man of Steel Superman in this comic because I don't recognise that as the comic one. I'm sure there's some New 52 stuff that's very close to it or if you go right back to the Golden Age when he was Probably a bit closest of a is the, the Bender stuff. What, the Man of Steel? No, the after stuff, the Superman kind of, um, where he kind of tells everyone his, his identity yeah. and stuff. And there's a really, really good panel where Perry just hugs him. Oh, yeah, I love that. Doesn't say anything. First time in a long time that I've teared up at the comic. Yeah. Because I've always um, liked the and, idea that and... Perry knew. He just never yeah. said anything. Because if he says anything, yeah, yeah. then he knows he has to publish it. So it's just... And um, Superman up, up and away. That that shot, um, I think it's four issues, five issues, yeah. is brilliant as well because it builds and builds and builds, and at the end of it, like the person says, "Why, why are you protecting me?" Because that's what I do. It really annoys me with that up and away. It's impossible to get in print at the minute because that was the one they did that was in those Walmart exclusive comics. Wasn't yeah, it? well, no, I I I like Man of Steel. Um, yeah, it has problems, and th- there are things we watching that irks me, but it's not. I hate Superman four more than anything. I'm sorry, Dee. We, Damien, we um, not really sort of touch on your feelings of the end or what came after. No, no, it's it's interesting to hear both and, and um, yeah. I mean, I think I mentioned earlier. I quite like the ending. I thought it was um, it was a time when I I felt that it was the most Superman Clark Kent bit of the entire film. Because he seems to actually be enjoying himself. Because <laughs> there's hope in it. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I I quite liked it. But you're both right. You know, it's a it's not the worst film in the world as some people have you believe. It's not the best film in the world that some people might have you believe. It's just it's got some pockets of good stuff. It's got some pockets of just pointless stuff. But it's not a bad film. It's 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 okay if you're quite happy to just disengage. And go with it you know and that for me is most superhero movies these days you know i have to disengage and go with it because we're never going to get what we want we're no because not i'm aware that i've never seen my version of superman up on the big screen the closest i got is lois and clark on tv because the yeah. john byrne mike carlin era of comic the triangle era is very much my version of superman and i've never got that on screen yeah i've had elements see, of it in different things but I, I was slightly lucky because I obviously had the, the Kurt Swan and, and yeah. that kind of era. So, so the 78 was closer to that for me. And, and you know, but I can, take I, can watch, spot there. I can watch like Superman the movie over and over again. And the bits that I feel emotional about, I always do. The bits that I smile at, I always do. You know, when the head turns around and it's super when he gets and flies and those are the, the you know, you know who's got you that that sort of stuff mm. and mm. and it does i can watch that i could watch it every day of the week and it would still i'd, I'd still have those feelings mm. when like you know jonathan kent dies and all that kind of things you don't get that way man of steel there were certain things in it that i i i love the, you know like i said before i love the flight scene um i like the um, kevin costner you know you are my son things but couldn't watch it like I, I i think superman the movie is one of the movies that i've watched the most mm. it's that or the gentleman which is a bit weird isn't it you know the guy Ritchie movie <laughs> um, it's weird so 
It is weird. On The Exorcist as well. I've got a very strange taste in films. It's one of my favourite movies, The Exorcist. But I think, like I've said before, and I'll stop going on about it, it flows well. You've got Mm. the three different arcs. Mm. They are, you know, the cinematography is different in the three different arcs. The emotional journey that Superman goes on into, you know, even when Lois dies and he shoots up and he's even, you you must not, you know, interfere with human history mm-hmm. this kind of stuff that still resonates with me like a first time i've seen it it i watched man of steel a couple of weeks ago and i found myself fast forward into the kind of like the bits that i like i would never do that with superman the movie to the very end no <laughs> my thing that's, with it that's, is that, this... that's my little summing up <laughs> i remember watching superman the movie on itv a few years ago and I knew my kids were too young to sit through the whole thing because the Krypton stuff, the small world stuff's going to bore them. But when he does that first night and he saves Lois Lane, I remember pausing it and getting my kids and getting them to sit down and watch it with me. I remember getting really emotional at them watching it for the first time and the looks on their faces really welled mm-hmm. up and was like, you know, fighting back tears. Um, there's nothing in this film that I would go, oh, I'm going to pause this and get my kids. Like, kids, come in and watch these Kryptonians pulverize a load of I- my my favorite little bit in in one of my favorite little bits in Superman is when he pulls the car out of the tree. Yeah, because that is Superman. Doesn't what matter. You, you know, he's just caught line. a helicopter. Yeah, he's caught a helicopter, gang on a boat, and this and the other. Yeah, he's still got time to pull a car out of the tree and you know talk to a little girl and stuff. That's Superman. Yeah, that's I've whole, said in previous that, ele- you know I've said in previous episodes of this that there's elements in Christopher Reeve that are not perfect. But at the same time, it's Christopher Reeve, so that magic well, is there. It's... We have to just bear in mind that movies like this, like Superman, Batman, Justice League, even the Marvel stuff, you know, sadly, and you, you know, people might disagree, the, the characters are secondary to the spectacle. And that's just what we have to accept. And every now and then you'll get a nugget that comes along that does both really well. This wasn't that film, but you know you do get the odd superhero-themed film that actually is a bit more, um, I think, closer to what we'd like to see. But sadly, it's not the majority, you know. Yeah. And I've maybe just become a bit numb to it, or I just accept things as I set my expectations pretty low. You know, these days I don't really try and raise the bar. I'll just lie on the floor and open up, trip over it. Um, when it comes to films and that's why maybe when I watched this I wasn't really offended by it I just kind of went with it you know cheers for coming back on and doing this and finishing this little Sunbra Superman arc with me Uh, I really enjoyed it I really enjoyed having a sensible grown up conversation about Man of Steel and differences of opinions and sort of meeting in the middle on stuff it's been nice no thank you for having us I mean I've enjoyed it yeah, always a pleasure. See what happens when like you know. <laughs> and I, I would like, probably I like never. I, I would probably have never watched it if it wasn't for doing this podcast. Just not for no other reason than, you know, I wouldn't have been motivated to actually watch it. But I'm glad I did. You yeah, know? No, that's good. So before we go, is there anything you want to plug? I, I know you're teasing Omen to that coming back at some point, hopefully. I keep saying that. I think I said it on the other one. I still haven't done it yet. But um, yeah, I, I might do. I might bring you back. I get the I get the pang to do a bit of um, bit of podcasting. Um, 
So I might might bring Omen to that back. Change so we should do, we should do it on video shops. Yeah, was, that was one of the things we talked about, wasn't it? Uh, video shop experiences and things. Um, but yeah, we'll see. A couple of Comic Cons. I don't know when this will drop. Um, this drops August, whatever the right. week before the 22nd is. But we're in. Uh, we're going to be at Wigan. We, we'll have done Hull at that point. Uh, many thanks to Andy for the invite. Um, it's very kind. But we'll, we'll have done Wigan as well. And, and there tends to be a couple more that pop at the end of the year, but I'm not sure if they're going to run this year. So we'll see. But, you know, other than that, as usual, at 9-2. But yeah, but what about you, Dan? Anything you want to plug or you just... Not particularly. I've um, Instagram splatter collecting is my new little thing where I'm going to be putting up my um, all my toys and action figures and stuff that I buy and some videos nice. and things. And I'm going to be doing some little kind of tiny micro videos with, with Amy about kind of movies and things like that. So that's going to go up on there as well. Yeah. Cheers for this, gents. I really enjoyed it. No, thank you. Excellent. Thank you. It's been super. Ooh, I don't get it. What are you going to do when you're not saving the world? Have you given any thought to that? I have actually. <laughs> I got to find a job where I can keep my ear to the ground. Where people won't look twice when I want to go somewhere dangerous and start asking questions. Come on, Lois. When are you going to throw me a bone? Courtside seats to the game tonight. What do you say? I say. You should go back to trolling the intern pool. You'll probably have more luck. Sorry. Courtside? Don't. Don't. <laughs> Lombard, Lane, I want you to meet our new stringer. I want you to show him the ropes. This is Clark Kent. Good luck, kid. Hey, Steve. Nice to meet you. You too. Hi. Lois Lane. Welcome to the planet. Glad to be here, Lois. That was Man of Steel. And why not? I'd like to thank Damien and Dennis for joining me again for this episode to talk about the film. And I'd also like to thank Michael, Alan, Rob, Matt and Anthony for being part of the Summer of Superman specials over the last six weeks. And I'd like to thank all of you for joining us for those episodes as well. At the time of recording, Man of Steel is available in the UK on DVD, Blu-ray and 4K Ultra HD from Warner Brothers. We put a shout out on the socials for your thoughts on and memories of seeing the film, and we had some replies, all of them from Twitter. At John Ottaway said, I like that it tried to change things, but so many small changes added up to big changes overall, and that upset some people. It's a shame there wasn't a Man of Steel 2, because Jor-El does lay out a plan for his son's journey, and we may have got a more recognisable Superman. At Gaza Magoo said, This isn't a Superman film I revisit often or ever. Ignoring the story, please, I'm pretty much over the whole massive CGI fights thing, where you can barely make out what's going on anyway. 
I understand Superman needs to be truly tested to make a good story, but a bit more of the simple stuff would be nice. Putting out fires, stopping robberies, etc. And I'm not a fan of Cavill as Superman. He looks the part, but is not a good enough actor for me. At Stacey's Parlour said, I remember enjoying it at the cinema, but I've literally zero inclination to watch it again since. Thank you to everyone who sent in comments for this episode. If you'd like to let us know your thoughts on the film, you can get involved in the conversation we ever see this episode post on our social media channels. So if you aren't already, why not give us a follow on Threads, Twitter and Instagram, and we're also now on Blue Sky as well. Or you can join the Am I Not group over on Facebook. Not only will we be kept up to date on what episodes are coming up and have the chance to contribute to them, but we also post our picks of three great movies to check out each week on Freeview TV. If you fancy joining us, just search And Why Not Pod on social media or check out the links in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode and we bothered to do so, please give the episode a share and tell your friends about it. And why not give the series a follow or subscribe or an Acast or wherever you listen to your episodes. If you're feeling super generous, we'd be grateful of a rating or review if you have a sample to despair. Or if you don't, that's okay. We're just grateful you spent the time listening to us. Thank you. And if you enjoyed podcasts talking about Superman, I've put some links on the bonus features section of this episode's page on the Haunted Nose website for you to check out, as well as a link to the Superman homepage. So if you're looking for more Superman goodness in your life, there's a good place to start right there. If you missed any Amway Not episodes so far, you can find them on our podcast channel over on Acast, Apple Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, or on our website at hauntednerds.com. In the meantime, we're back on Tuesday the 22nd of August, where I'll be handing hosting duties over to Tom Stewart, as he'll be joined by, well, he's joined by me, I'm the guest on that episode, as we discuss the 2000 John Cusack star and Nick Hornby adaptation, High Fidelity. But until then, this has been a News of Themselves production, and I've been Stuart Moraine. Thanks for listening, and remember, sometimes you have to take a leap of faith first. The trust part comes later. Bye for now.